Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Jeff Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio, and I am excited as always because we have today a most incredible interview with the world-famous Neen James. Now, who is Neen? Neen is my buddy for years, but more important than that, you need to know that she is one sharp, smart person. I can go on and on with all the accolades. She hails from Australia, and you'll hear her accent in just a moment. She is an attention expert. She is an amazing keynote speaker, and she is a self-proclaimed lover of fabulous shoes. I have been noticing her shoes from afar, and then I finally got to know the real <laughs> Neen James, and she's with us today. Hello, Neen. G'day. What an introduction. That's incredible. Thank you, Chef. I don't know how many people have talked about your shoes like I have, but uh, I know you like to talk about them, but I noticed them. When we first met, I said, hey, nice shoes. (laughs) (laughs) It's a great man that admires a woman's shoes, that is for sure. I was kind of hoping you were my wife's size so that uh, maybe she could take whatever you have left over (laughs) because you seem to have a new pair about every other day that I see you. So, so Neen, you are you are an amazing business person and a, a great friend at the same time. I mean, I and, I and I love you for what you do. I love you for who you are. But I think these people have a lot to learn. The people that are listening today have a lot to learn from you. We're going to be talking about attention. Uh, but first, give us a little background on yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for such an awesome introduction. I grew up in corporate business, Shep, in Australia, and I worked across industries that included retail banking, telecommunications and the oil industry. And you've got to imagine, not a lot of ticks in oil in Australia. But as an attention expert, what I I guess what I'm obsessed about is just getting the world to pay attention. And to me, that means increasing productivity, increasing profitability, and increasing accountability. And so I work with corporations, a lot of sales teams and leadership to really accelerate the impact that they make. Uh, my meeting planners all call me the Energizer Bunny, except my batteries don't run out. So I get hired to really often kick off a conference and share some very practical strategies. I think what's unique about me, Shep, is being an Australian living in America and a recent American citizen. Congratulations. Um, I believe uh, what, that was I, that just happened this year. It did. It yes. really did. And so I was excited about that to take – my global perspective, but also be able to apply it to a local, uh, a local sort of issue and, and challenges. And so I've led really large teams in corporate. I've had my own company for many, many years. And so working across a variety of industries, I see some really common issues. The challenges my clients face is they're overwhelmed, overstressed, and overtired. And I know that you relate to that because I've seen some of the incredible guests that you've interviewed on this show to help people provide strategies like Juliet Font with her work in white space. So the solutions that I provide for my clients is really practical strategies they can apply whether they're at work, at home, or in their community. Because at the end of the day, Shep, the reason I do what I do is I want people to be so much happier and productive at work because I believe that strengthens their relationships, whether it's with their team with their families, or in the service roles they have in their community. Right. So that's just a little bit about me. Yeah, that's great, and and that's great background. And by the way, uh, for everybody listening, 
I think you can tell Neen is articulate. Uh, she is an outstanding and dynamic professional speaker. And, and I'm, before we get into attention, and by the way, I want everybody to really do pay attention because she is going to be sharing strategies today about how to devote a little bit more effort into the focus and attention that you have to, as she said, make you more productive at home, at work, uh, more profitable, more saleable, everything about you, uh, it's focused on attention. But I need to know, uh, you left Australia, you left the corporate world, you are now living in the U.S., and you are an entrepreneur. What made you do that? Tell me about the transition. You know, in a corporate career, for those people who are listening to this who are currently employed by a corporation, you can be an intrapreneur. You can be the go-to thought leader in your company, and that was what I did. You can also be an entrepreneur, someone who likes to start, grow, and exit maybe a fast growth business within five years. Or you can be what I see myself as, and that's an infopreneur, someone who has information that they share with other people and they commercialize the ideas. I was an intrapreneur in corporate and I loved it. The restriction was that I would be working within the corporate guidelines and compliance and working in industries where I could only achieve a certain level of success under that brand. So you're a renegade. (laughs) Yeah, well, there's that. That's true. Like as an infopreneur, I can basically my motto is this. And this is something people might want to write down. And that is that I do what I love with people I love in places I love. Being an infopreneur gives me that ability. When you're an intrapreneur, you're still doing what you love. You don't always get to choose your team and everyone who's around you. And you don't always get to choose what places. And so for me, it was about that flexibility and freedom. And so one's not better than the other. They're just really different. And so I love being able to do what I love with people I love in places I love. Love that. That's tweetable, by the way. So, all right, let's move into attention. On your website, the term attention pays. Big, bold. What does it mean? Here's the deal. Paying attention increases profits. Paying attention increases productivity. Paying attention increases engagement. And paying attention increases accountability. So when you think about all those things, for those people who are really focused on the bottom line, By paying attention to those numbers, you can accelerate them. If you're focused on trying to get more done, that's the productivity piece. But what I think is really important is often corporations and some of my clients struggle with how do you attract, retain, and develop the top talent you have. When you pay attention to these people and accelerate their accountability, the returns come back to you. In the customer service world, it's not just about people serving the customer who's in front of them. There's internal and external customer service. So from a customer service point of view, Shep, attention pays means really making sure that we're increasing our profitability, productivity, and accountability for internal and external customers. That's great. I'm glad you snuck in the whole customer service angle because if you didn't, I was going to. (laughs) (laughs) This is what you're known for. I know it's what I'm known for. my clients because they love what you talk about with customer service. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Okay, so you talked about uh, what it means, you know, the profitability and how it pays. And it's more than just profitability. It's, It's There's so many byproducts to how attention pays. The cost of not paying attention. That's probably even bigger than the gain. Yeah. And this is the one that really concerns me and something that attracted me to this research. If you look at the Information Overload Research Group, they created this study that said that currently in the U.S., it costs us as business $588 
billion dollars every year. That's just the cost of interruptions. So when you think about that, we have become this ADD-like uh, country. I want to move from an ADD economy to an attention economy. And so the cost of not paying attention is not just interruptions. I mean, think about distracted driving. It freaks me out that every 24 hours, nine people are killed because of distracted drivers. 1,153 people are injured every 24 hours. That freaks me out because we're not paying attention to things that are so important. People would rather update their Facebook status or like something on Instagram than pay attention to the road. And that's the sort of stuff that really concerns me. People's health gets affected, their productivity gets impacted, and their relationships get impacted. So it's obvious that you know, you're in a car and the distraction of your smartphone, which apparently isn't so smart if you're looking down while you're driving at 65 right. miles per hour. Uh, I mean, obviously, that's a big distraction. I've just got to know, what are your thoughts of even talking on the phone while you're driving, even if it's through a wireless, you know, uh, uh, you know, handset where you don't even have to touch, you know, hands-free? It's through the speaker. You know, I think hands-free and the technology has made that easier for us. But we all know that it, we don't pay as much attention, regardless of how we're distracted. So I, if you're going to talk on the phone hands-free, nowadays technology makes that possible. Cars are designed with Bluetooth now. So if you have to talk on the phone, that's the way to do it. But in the car, there are so many other things you could be doing. You could be listening to programs, podcasts maybe, development opportunities. You could be actually having a conversation with the person who's in the car with you, if that's the case. Yes. You could be listening to books on tape. But the challenge with a two-way conversation is you're splitting your focus immediately. Now, I do it, by the way. I'm on my hands-free all the time. So I, as I say this, I'm just telling you from my own point of view, I know that I'm that much more distracted than when I'm actually just focusing on the art of driving. Here's what happens, Shep. For those of us who have been driving forever, I may sound like I'm five, but I've been dream- driving for a long time. <laughs> the reality is we like are unconsciously. I know. I sound like a chipmunk. I know. But we drive automatically. We don't even think about it. We just change lanes. We know when to put our indicator on and to move over. But I think what happens is if you watch a teenager learn how to drive, they're looking everywhere. They look in the mirror. They look at the gears. They look in the rear vision. Like, it's so amazing how they're hyper-focused on every little act. But the longer we do it, the better we get at it. It becomes second nature. And I think that's a shame. And I think what we're doing is we think, oh, I can already drive. Then I can do these other five things at once. It's scary, very scary. So I'm going to put this in perspective. And I'm not going to draw a sports analogy, but what's going through my head because I know you're, people are going to say, okay, automobile, come on. We know we get distracted with cell phones and texting and all that. But but it does – I think it's important for things to become second nature. But mm-hmm. once they become second nature, that doesn't mean you take your eye off the ball, so to speak. Right. It doesn't mean you don't focus. Uh, I'll give you an example. Uh, I play guitar, and every once in a while I play in with a band. And as I'm playing, I, I mean – I've got a. It's very natural. I practice, 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 practice to where it becomes second nature for me to play this song. But if I don't pay attention, I may want to play an extra verse that I shouldn't have, have played. You know, uh, right. in sports, I may be unbelievable in basketball and and make shots from all over the place. But if I get distracted. Uh, I may not be able to, I mean, that'll take me off focus. All of a sudden, I'm out of the game. 
I may not pay attention to that guy that I need to pass to, and I may pass to the wrong person. So, I mean, right. focus, focus, focus. That's what it's about, attention. It absolutely is. All yes, right. Absolutely. So we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, you're going to give us three strategies, if not even more, that we can use to pay better attention at work. So everybody, don't go away. This is Shep Hyken on Amazing Business Radio talking with Mean James, and we'll be right back. How would you like customer service training anytime you want it or need it, day or night? Well, with Shepherd Virtual Training, you will have world-class customer service training at your fingertips online 24-7, 365 days a year. Just go to www.shepondemand.com. Once again, that's shepondemand.com. And remember, always be amazing. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Neen James, who we are affectionately calling the uh, cousin of the Energizer Bunny today because <laughs> you wind her up and she just starts going, but guess what? She doesn't run out. I've seen her. I know for a fact that this woman, because I've heard from her boyfriend, that when she's in the middle of a sentence and she's tired at nighttime, she just falls asleep in the middle of the sentence and wakes up the next morning continuing exactly where – and, you know, you talk about if you don't pay attention, you're going to miss some really important things if you don't wake up. When she wakes up, that's that's what I've heard. True? Plead no okay, do that. All right. So we promised our listeners that we were going to get three strategies from you, and go ahead and share them with us. Let's start with number one, disconnect from task. And here's what I mean. When someone walks into your office, if you manage a team of people, take your hands off your keyboard. Actually look someone in the eye and disconnect. The same can relate if you're an entrepreneur running your own company. Put your smartphone down and focus on the client call that you're about to make. So disconnect from task is the first strategy I want everyone to do. So and that's then when easy. You go, yeah, it sounds easy, Shep, but here's the thing. We've made technology more important than people. And so often I see people walk into their home still on their cell phone when their beautiful family is ready to greet them, and all they're doing is looking down at their email. So I really want to encourage people to consider this. If you can't possibly disconnect or it feels too hard, start small. Leave your cell phone maybe in your car when you go out for an appointment or turn your cell phone over in a meeting. Cell phone's not the bad guy here. It's our strategies with our cell phones. So the first thing I want you to do is disconnect from task to accelerate your attention. The second thing I would suggest is create boundaries for work and home. If you are a leader of people, if you're a leader in your own company, or if you're a leader in your community, start to create some distinction around work and home. It's very common in many organizations that even though you're on vacation, you anticipate your team will still just call in for a teleconference or just reply to their email. And I want to encourage more leaders to allow their team to take a true break. In the holiday season, allow people to actually have a real break with their families, whatever holiday they celebrate. But I would really recommend that you create some distinct boundaries between work and home. And that starts with us because as leaders, we role model the behavior we anticipate our team to demonstrate as well. Right. So the so, second strategy yep. is create boundaries. So and, and to that and to both of these, I mean, nothing – I, I, nothing bothers me more than if I go to lunch and somebody has their phone and it rings or it vibrates. I don't mind that they look at it. That's fine. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. I look at somebody when they walk in the door. I look at a noise that happens across the room. It's when they say, hold on just a moment, and they take the call, and it, and, and I can hear what's going on. It's not important. It's somebody, you know, a friend. Hey, you know, hey, yeah, okay, I, yeah, I told you I meet you to play, uh, you know, golf tomorrow or what. You know, it's just like that couldn't wait. And, no. you know, I feel like, and sometimes it really frustrates me when they're on the phone for more than even just a moment. I mean, I get it. Let them take the call. But tell the person they're in the middle of something. It drives right. me crazy. The boundary thing's important. And, by the way, guilty is charged. I'll be the first to admit that uh, there are days that I call my total work-free days. But I am guilty of going to the beach with my family, sitting under a tree, and realizing that I've got a call coming in at 2 o'clock. I just need to be available for it. Right. And I think if you have understandings with people you share your lives with, they make those exceptions. But when we do it all the time as leaders, it sends the wrong signal and it teaches people around us how we want to be treated. It also teaches people how important they are to us. If you're constantly taking someone else's call, by default, you've made the person in front of you less important. Now, there are ways to handle that. One of the strategies my husband and I have in our house is we finish all of our phone calls in the garage. So when we walk into the house, our simple strategy is we can say, hey, if someone's home, to be able to actually look them in the eye and say hi, as opposed to being on the teleconference and continuing that into the house. Now, I have sat in my garage for way too long sometimes, but it's that simple little act that honors the person I share my home with. It's we a also have a it is a boundary. We have a rule that we don't talk between walls. So if I'm in the lounge and he's in the kitchen, I can't yell out what I want because that's not really paying attention or giving respect to someone. So we don't talk between walls in our house either. So they're little tiny things, but they say to the person that you matter enough for me to pay attention to you. And that's what this all comes down to. It's creating significant moments that matter Because we get 1,440 minutes in a day. We have to make each of those minutes really matter. And it's the little moments people remember. So that's why I want people to think about. And then the third strategy is to acknowledge great work regularly. Now, whether it is the barista who gives you the best coffee you've had today, but say thank you and look them in the eye and appreciate them. If it's one of your team who's done a great job on delivering a project and they've got it in on time or even before time, giving them that recognition. Acknowledgement is so key in attention. So being able to share with someone, hey, I saw what you did and I really appreciate it. That acknowledgement and look for those opportunities all the time. See how many times in a day you can say thank you to your team, to the people that serve you in the community, and to the people that you share your home with. How many times in the next 24 hours can you thank someone? Because that acknowledgement is really powerful in showing someone that you saw them and you're paying attention. I think that's very powerful. I think uh, of the three, I mean, I realize uh, I'm guilty of, you know, not breaking from tasks, using my phone probably when I should have. But the one thing I always want to do, I always want people to know they're doing a great job. I always yeah. want to say thank you. Um, yeah. And I th- especially, you know, we'll get back to my world of customer service. I don't think you can say thank you enough to the clients who give you the opportunity to work with you. Yeah. That's or work so with true. them. It can be, and it can be as simple as writing them a LinkedIn recommendation or writing a, Re- a Yelp review or posting on TripAdvisor or this social media makes it really easy to give people public acknowledgement as well. But sometimes it's just that small act, if someone opens the door for you, of stopping looking them in the eye and say, thank you for doing that for me. Like those little tiny moments, the acknowledgement, that's vital. 
Yeah, so show appreciation. That's yep. that's the key. I love it. All right, so number uh, – well, no, there is no number four. You only told me three. <laughs> I wrote down uh-huh. all three. I got, I've got them. So <laughs> obviously this is very important to all of us listening today. I think we really need to pay attention. Any other thoughts about that before we move on? Just because if people pay attention, I think it increases the satisfaction in the workplace. And we all know that happier employees are going to be more engaged. More engaged employees are going to be more productive. You know it yourself if you own your own company. If you love delivering speeches, which is what you and I do, Shep, we love that and we look for those opportunities. The more we can do what we love, the more our clients benefit from that. So thinking about customer service, I think the reason that attention is so important is when you're doing what you love, you put so much more of yourself into it, and your day is so much better. Therefore, the people that you share your life with after your day get the benefit of that too. So I'm going to quote a friend of ours, Harvey McKay, um, and I'm not sure if this is his original quote, but I heard him say it. Do what you love, love what you do, and you'll never work a day in your life. So powerful. Yeah, and, and that doesn't mean you're not working. It doesn't seem like work is what he's trying to say. And yeah. I think that's great. When it doesn't seem like work and it's fun, and, and by the way, that's my definition of retirement is not stopping doing what I do, but only doing what I love to do. Yeah, and, I love that. Yeah, and so that's why, especially if there's entrepreneurs out there, there may be parts of your company. And, and if you're working for another organization and you're working in a company, you know, I love it when somebody said this, you know, somebody was working with me and until she ended up, you know, she's married. She finally decided to have a kid until the kid came along. She said this is the best job she ever had. It was her dream job. She got mm-hmm. to do everything that she learned to do in college that she enjoyed in college. Everything. I thought, well, that's fantastic. Usually you're lucky if 20 percent of what you do is exactly what you do. And by the way, one of the things that Google does so well is they say, hey, you're hired for this particular job. But we're going to let you choose 15 to 20 percent of what you do throughout the day needs to be something that you love to do, that you're passionate about doing. So, hey, you know what else? You are known for your work and productivity. And when we come back after our next break, I want you to share some thoughts about uh, what it takes to be more productive. And, and I know it ties into attention. It all does. But I think that's something that everybody knows you for. And I want to hear more about that. So, everybody, come back in just a moment. Don't go away. Sit there. Hold on. We've got Neen James going to share some great advice for us. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Doesn't everyone love Disney? I know I do. And I also love a great book. And Lessons from the Mouse by Dennis Snow is an excellent book. Dennis shares 10 practical principles from Disney and entertains as he educates. So check out Dennis Snow's book on Amazon.com. Once again, it's titled Lessons from the Mouse, a guide for applying Disney World's secrets of success to your organization, your career, and your life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Welcome back to Amazing Business Radio. I'm Shep Hyken. We're talking with Neen James. We've been talking about attention, great ideas, great suggestions, great strategies and tactics, if you will. But now, one of the things Neen is known for is work in, in the world of productivity. And, and Neen, you also have a book out called Folding Time. And that's got some great 
strategies in it, and, and obviously many of those relate to attention. Tell us a little bit. And by the way, something I don't know if we mentioned. I don't think we did. Your newest book coming out is called Attention, right? Yes. yes. And we, I know it's. I don't know when it's going to be available, but you need to keep an eye. You need to pay attention. You need to pay attention <laughs> to Amazon, okay? Amazon.com, and go in there and 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 keep an eye on it because it will. When it comes out, you have to get it. Talk to us about folding time, and and that's your your book on productivity and how it ties into paying attention. Yeah. I've always been obsessed with productivity, Chef. In my corporate career, I was known as the girl who could get things done. I could always deliver projects, you know, under budget, before they were due, with phenomenal great people. So I became obsessed with this idea of productivity. But then what I realized was productivity wasn't time management. I think time management's out the window because time, we have a finite amount of it. We can choose how to invest that time, and that's when I got more interested in it wasn't just time management. It was actually about folding time, and by that I meant being able to achieve twice as much in half the amount of time because, as we mentioned earlier, people are overwhelmed, overstressed, and overtired. And all the research that I did, I realized while time is an important piece of it, it's actually where you apply your attention and your energy that gives you the greatest results. So in my book, Folding Time, you'll see a model about why I believe engagement is so important in the workplace and how do you leverage the energy that you have. And that's what led me to the work with attention because what I realized after all the research I'd done for the thousands of presentations and clients that I'd had the privilege of being in front of, everything begins with attention. And so what I realized was it's more than productivity. I think attention is the evolution of productivity. Attention is defined by what you want to do with your attention. So that's where I got really obsessed about it, being really focused, being selective about where you spend your time and avoiding that division of attention. So that's why attention is the evolution of folding time in my world. So here's a question for you. I think it ties into uh, folding time and, and getting more out, you know, doubling your, your productivity versus paying attention. Multitasking. I'll bet mm-hmm. you have a lot to say about multitasking. <laughs> probably a lot of but not so good things to say. like it. <laughs> right, right. I don't think they're going to like this. I am a chronic multitasker. I know my attention gets divided into multiple places, and sometimes that means I'm less effective. And it's probably yeah. not even sometimes. It's most of the time. You know, I think what happens is, go back to the original statistic I shared with you, that it costs business $588 billion a year because of interruptions. Let's just take that particular number. And you think about that, right? And so people are changing tasks. So there was a research uh, by the name of Maggie Jackson, and she brought out some really cool research around this whole attention deficit crisis that we're living in. So when I thought about the math with this, What I worked out is, based on what she was saying as far as interruptions, right, with all the interruptions that we look at in a day, we were changing tasks every, like, 160 times a day. I mean, that's that's crazy, right? So when you really break it down by minutes, that means we're constantly changing and having to refocus and shift our attention. Now, here's the deal. We've become so immune to this, we don't even notice it. So multitasking, my philosophy with multitasking has been that some multitasking makes sense. If I'm running on the treadmill and listening to a podcast at the same time, makes sense because I'm getting development and health at the same time. But the moment Especially I if it's this person, show, by the way. Honey, of course it's this show. <laughs> <laughs> 
about the moment another person is introduced, that's where I think multitasking gets challenging. So what I try to do is not multitask when another human being is involved. So that's not always what I do. That's a philosophy that I'd love to be able to honor on a daily basis. What I think we have to think about is we need to have a greater sense of completion. We are distracted and overwhelmed because we have so many incomplete tasks, whether it's on our to-do list or in our mental to-do list. And that sense of completion is something the brain craves. If you look at the work of Scott Halford, and I know that he's a great friend of yours and mine, and the work in that he wrote in Activate Your Brain, one of his great books, he talks about the brain's need for this sense of completion. Crossing things off a list is an example of that. And so what you want to think about is multitasking. We don't always complete things 100%. We half do things. And that's not honoring the people in front of us, and it's not honoring the company we work for, and it's not honoring our own personal objectives. I'm not saying you can't multitask. I'm just asking you to consider if another human being is involved, is that really the best use of your time and attention? Right. And I'd go a step further in saying, you know, you may not get it to 50%. 50%, by the way, is unacceptable. But I believe 80% is acceptable. And that is because when things are 80% done, you Mm -hmm. give them to somebody else to finish. And your 80% could be someone else's 120%. So when you think about that, it's also your completion rate or your – some people are real perfectionists, and so they struggle with that. So I agree with you, and I think that what we need to do is we need to set free projects. So sometimes productivity is not about doing more. It's actually about doing less. And some of the most productive people I know actually do less, not more, but they do more of the things that they love and that engage them. So sometimes I was with a client this morning in an executive mentoring session, and I was actually saying to this executive, he has a huge team, a huge responsibility, and a big P&L. I said, you've actually got to go in and do some deletion. You've got to actually get rid of some of these things off your plate, not add more in order for you to be more productive. So it's just about getting really, really focused on where we're putting our attention for that greatest return on our attention. ROA, as I say, return on attention. What is that for each person? Multitasking, you're basically disrupting yourself, you're interrupting other people, and you don't always have complete thoughts. Wow. So that's great. And I love the idea from the standpoint of multitasking. A good place to learn to stop multitasking is when there's another human being involved. And that means Mm. that could be a person on the phone as well as somebody that's obviously right in front of you. All right. Yeah. We're getting close to running out of time, and there's so many things I want to talk to you about. And I know you've given me a list of talking points, and one of the talking points were that you said there are three strategies people could apply as soon as they finish listening to this show. So you've already given us three earlier on as it applies to attention. Give us three more. Let us go home totally charged up. So the first one would be give attention to the right things, which means say no to the things that are not. So give attention means saying no to some things. The second strategy is get attention. And by that I mean get attention for the people in your life who are important. Give someone a virtual hug today, whether it's posting on their wall writing a LinkedIn recommendation, sharing this podcast is a great resource for someone. Give a virtual hug to someone in your team or in your community that would really benefit. And the third strategy is leverage attention. And by leverage attention, I mean promote other people. Look for an opportunity to promote one of your team members. In my case, every day, I try and promote another professional speaker. But look for opportunities to promote your clients, 
and your team in order for everyone to truly get and give and leverage the right attention. You know, and I think if, if somebody were to just say, okay, I'm going to take 10 minutes a day and do this, or maybe even it's just six minutes, devote two minutes to each of these three. Well, saying no, you'll just have to do as it comes. But the second and third strategies, you can do this easily, taking the time. And by the way, Neen, you are a master at this, and I try to be. I'm, I'm good at posting on social media and doing interactive, but you are a master of actually reaching out and, and really pushing for that engagement, and uh, and I admire you for that. You do a great Thank job. Thank you. I appreciate that. It's called a 15-minute drive-by. So when I have my coffee in the morning, I drive by all the media sites, social media sites, and I send out notes and shout-outs and appreciation and share links and blogs. It's 15 minutes a day, Shep, and we can all do that. Start sure. with five. Yep, exactly. Good, good, good advice. Great ideas. Fantastic. So, if you want to learn more about Neen, you've just simply got to go to neenjames.com. N-E-E-N James, J-A-M-E-S.com. Anything else you want to share with us before we wrap up? If people would like more information on this, we have a white paper called Attention Pays, so they can absolutely get that on the website. Or if they want to text my name, Neen James, and if they have a pen, they're going to want to write down this number. And by the way, if you're driving... If you're driving, no multitasking here. (laughs) If you're driving, don't do this. But if you are not driving, you can text Neen James to the number 33444, and you will also receive the white paper in that way. I think you can remember it. So attention pays does not Mm -hmm. mean you have to pay for this white paper. You get it. No charge. You'll learn all about this powerful concept. Neen, thanks for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Absolute privilege. Thank you for all the work you do. Your listeners really benefit with all the guests you have. Well, thank you, Neen. You're my big fan today. I love you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, great. Well, hey, everybody. Now you know why we call it Amazing Business Radio. If you didn't know before, today is the day that you found out. We had Neen James on the show. Thank you, Neen. Everybody, remember, always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.